Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so pumped, literally pumped. I just barely got done with my training session today. Today is, well, I guess it's my second, it's Tuesday. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. So this is my second day of my current mesocycle. Have you guys, do you guys know what a mesocycle is? Usually uh, people will be like, oh, my new meso. And it's like a training term, right? So let's kind of, let's review that for a second. That's not what I was talking about today, but I, I think it'd be fun to kind of review. Um, a micro, so you, you have micro, you have mesocycles, right? So a micro is what you do throughout the week. So let's say Monday, you have like uh, legs, Tuesday, you have upper body, Thursday, you have lower body, Friday, you have upper body, which is a great split. It's a very basic one, works well. Uh, so that week, that's the micro. And then meso is over like a, like, let's say you're doing that uh, weekly split for like six to eight weeks. That six to eight weeks is your meso. Okay. So some people call it training phase. This is my training phase for the next six to eight weeks or eight to 12 weeks. This is what I'm doing. I'm cycling through this micro uh, cycle and that creates the mesocycle. So there you go. There's a little, if you didn't previous, previously know, now you do. So you can feel all cool and knowledgeable when you're on Instagram and somebody's like, I'm, I'm starting my new meso. And you're like, I know what that is. <laughs> so I'm here, I'm here to educate. I'm here to help you guys out, right? Today, let's talk about steps. It doesn't sound like a very interesting topic, but I'm about to blow your mind. I probably, I probably should downplay it more. This is going to be very, very boring. Well, no, I don't want to say that either because it's not boring. It's actually really fascinating. So the past uh, month in my, for app users and for clients, I have like this, this private Facebook group and I did a, a step challenge. I really wanted to help people increase their steps. And we're going to talk about why um, here in a minute. I'm going to go over and actually kind of walk you through some really cool literature that's been done, some studies that have been done on steps and why they matter, right? But it was really fun doing that challenge. And then afterwards, I drew uh, from those who had completed the challenge. I drew some names and then they got some Versa grips. They got, I don't know, they won something cool. If you know what Versa grips are, they they wrap around your wrist and then it also allows you to grip. So if your grip strength goes out on your pulls, like on your back work or on your RDLs or something, and you're like, man, I feel like my glutes can do so much more work, but but my grip strength, I lose it as far as like how much weight my hands can hold. Versa grips are awesome. I'm not like, I don't work with them. I don't get a kickback for talking about them. It's honestly, sometimes with Instagram, social media, it's kind of hard because it's like, wait, are you talking about them because you actually like them? Or are you going to get money if I buy something, right? And it's kind of hard. Sometimes I, I'll see people talking about products on Instagram and I'm like, okay, if you had to pay out of your own pocket, would you really pay for that? I mean, come on. Um, but Versagrips, yes, I would and I do. I have had mine. They're they're a little pricier. They can be like forty to seventy dollars, seventy five, depending on like I think which kind you get. 
but I've had mine for six years and I, I love them. I love them. So if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me post, like I'll do pull downs with them. It really helps when, you know, grip isn't a limiter. And some people are like, well, I really want to grow my grip. And I'm like, their grip strength. And that's, that's fine. That's a fine goal. I, I don't really care about that goal. I don't use my Versas throughout like majority of the sets. It's usually my top sets, like my heaviest set where I notice my grip going out. So I feel like my grip strength is and has grown over time. Yeah, I really, really like them. So anyways, it was it was a fun challenge that we did on Facebook. But as I was talking about it more on Facebook and sharing some things, I realized with this, this my app group, I realized that there's there are things about steps that people just don't know. And some people focus too much on steps. They don't even know why they're focusing on steps. Other people are like, there's such these ambiguous numbers of like, you need 8,000, you need 12,000. And it's like, where did they get these numbers? Are they just like pulling them out of thin air? Like, this sounds like a good idea. Get 8,000, right? Like, where do these numbers even come from? So I really want to break it down. I, I can tell you this much though, and maybe this will keep you guys listening <laughs> as far as steps go. I've seen people lose their progress because steps went down. I've seen people hit their goals because they learned how to get more steps in. So with that being said, let's talk about steps. What's what's the point? What is the point of steps? And I want to preface it with this, don't get weird about steps. I was doing a um, presentation, a health presentation to a group of women. And when I got to the step section, one woman who I love dearly raised her hand and she goes, so I've been watching you pace back and forth as you've been giving this presentation. So do those steps count? And I was like, oh, that's an interesting question. What do you mean by that exactly? And she goes, well, some of your steps are really small. Some of them are big. What counts? And I'm like, this is where people get weird with steps. They really do. They look beyond the mark. What do I mean by that? Well, let, what is the purpose of counting steps? And this is going to answer that, that question. You should be able to answer that question once you hear this. So the, the whole point of tracking steps is to create an identity as an individual, to be a healthy and active person. That is the end goal. The end goal is I need a measuring tool that will allow me to create habits which lead to a lifestyle of me being an overall active and healthy individual, right? Move it or lose it kind of approach. We need to learn how to move more as as a culture. I mean, here in the United States, what would you guess? I want you to be thinking about that. What do you think on average we in the United States, our steps are? And as you're thinking about that, let me just kind of break this down for you. So sedentary is 5,000 steps a day or less. Sedentary, a person who doesn't move very much, okay? Now, low activity person is often looked at five anywhere between 5,000 to <laughs> the number is 7,499, but pretty much, you know, 7,500. 
a somewhat active person is 7,500 to just shy of 10,000. And a really active person is 10,000 and above. So I'm sure a bunch of you have used online macro or TDE calculators before, and they'll be like, well, what are you? Are you a sedentary person? Are you an active person? Are you somewhat active? And you're like, what? I don't know. Well, that's actually a pretty good indication right here, just using steps. We can kind of see your activity level and your activity level will great. And this is non-exercise. I mean, I'll answer the question later on of does cardio count? But this is generally speaking, I just, we just want to see how much do you move every day because that greatly impacts your maintenance calories. So oftentimes people can eat far more or far less just depending on their overall activity level, which is measured, easily measured by steps. So once again, I don't want you to get obsessive and weird about step counting. I just want you to know that it's a tool that we can use to measure how active a person is. And then we can find methods to increase their activity if needed. Okay. So now that I've shared what sedentary is, it's 5,000 steps or less. Low activity is about 5,000 to 7,500 somewhat active 7,500 to, you know, almost 10,000 and really active 10,000 and above. What would you guess on average we're at in the United States? So on average, and this was a pre-COVID number, 5,100. During COVID that went down by about 2,000. So it's not like people were moving that much before and they really weren't moving that much after. And on top of that, they did find that on average, women averaged less than that. So I thought that that was really interesting. So really, women tend to fall under 5,000 steps so that they would be considered sedentary. That's crazy. With that in mind, let's talk about why 8,000 why do we usually say, hey, let's shoot for 8,000 steps? Well, I thought that this was really interesting and I'll include a lot of these studies in the notes if you want to be a weird nerd and read through them. I thought that this was really interesting. So there was a study where they took a group of individuals who were relatively active and they said, let's lower their activity level. Let's lower their steps down. And the, the researchers were thinking what's going to happen is they're going to eat less because that's kind of what naturally happens. You move more, you tend to eat a little bit more, you move less, you tend to eat, you tend to need less. That was the thought. And they thought that that's what would happen. Fascinating. The opposite effect happened. When they decreased the steps, hunger cues increased. So it appears according to the, the, the literature that we have, it appears around 7,500 to 8,000 steps. Our appetite is actually a little bit more regulated. Fascinating, right? And totally opposite of what they thought was going to happen. So just to kind of break this down very simply, 
it looks like actually the less we move, our hunger is actually increased. And it's out of sync with a lot of the calories that we burn throughout the day. But when we increase our activity levels, our energy intake actually becomes more balanced or in sync with the energy that the energy out. So Ben House did a really interesting, really great breakdown of all of that, that I thought was super interesting. So these people um, were moving a lot and then they moved them down into the sedentary below the 5,000. They noticed that their hungers increased. So with a lot of my clients, a lot of times I'll tell them, look, around 8,000, it's not some random number we're just pulling out of the air. Like if you want to help regulate your appetite, help lower hunger cues, then move more actually. That's what these studies are showing. And it's around 8,000 that we tend to get those benefits. Now, some other benefits from moving more around that 8,000 that I feel like oftentimes is totally overlooked is actually it helps you recover from exercise. So when you move around more, you're going to get better blood flow circulation, which can actually help remove toxins and clear waste. They found that when people increase their steps by 25%, you know, if they're averaging 5,000 or even less, they increase it by 25%. What they found was an increase in results from exercise, probably because it helps them with this active recovery of removing toxins and clearing waste. So that was a great benefit. Um, They also noticed around here an improvement in sleep quality. Um, And if you really want to build muscle, you really want quality sleep. That's where a lot of your recovery and building happens. Also, if you want to lose body fat and adhere more to your calorie deficit, yeah, you want improved sleep because when sleep is improved, they notice that also that has a direct correlation with less hunger cues throughout the day. Another thing for sleep that I think is super important to keep in mind is that they noticed a direct correlation with those that slept like six and a half hours a night and lower having more body fat deposited to their stomach versus those that were getting seven plus hours of sleep. So there's a direct correlation with that. We want to improve sleep. How can we improve sleep? Being active throughout the day, just because remember, it's not about the steps. It's about measuring just overall movement and activity level. My mom suffers really, really bad with really poor sleep. And so she came to me, she was getting four hours of sleep a night, kept waking up through the night, didn't know what was going on. One of the steps in improving her sleep quality was waking up first thing in the morning, step on the treadmill and instantly get a good 20, 30 minute walk in. She was so low on steps. And so increasing her steps by 25% did have a direct correlation to improved sleep. We were able, I had her 
uh, sending me text messages every morning saying, this is how much I slept last night. This is what my watch is saying. And we got her up to seven and a half hours of sleep. It was incredible. She had never, like it had been 25 plus years before, um, since she had had such good sleep. So it was affecting, giving her, um, increasing her mood throughout the day, helping her make better, being patient, more patient with people and herself, helping her make better food choice selection. There's a whole cascading effect if we can just improve sleep. They also notice a direct correlation between increasing step count by 25% and a decrease in body fat. There was also an increase in cardiorespiratory levels and lower blood pressure. So that was, those are some amazing benefits, guys. So keep that in mind as, and we'll talk later about, okay, all of this sounds great, but how, how, how do we do this? Okay. So there's 8,000. What about 12,000? Right. What are, why 12,000? Cause some people really shoot for 12. Um, I naturally get around 12,000. I mean, I'm, I'm very active. I have had to work and change some habits. And now it is very natural for me to get 12,000. It does kind of suck though. When the winter comes, I do move less. I usually average more around 10,000. So that's very normal. I live in Utah, right? Like it has been a snowstorm for the past like two weeks. People though have been reporting saying, I'm getting my steps in because I'm doing all the shoveling. I told my husband I would do all the shoveling and I'm getting all of my steps in because every day we're shoveling. I was like, oh, that's a brilliant idea actually. Because when it gets colder though, I just don't want to move as much. And isn't it interesting that usually like around the colder months for a lot of people, we move less. And then on top of it, you add a bunch of holidays to that where we tend to uh, eat more junk food, Uh, If we're moving less, we're also getting more hunger cues according to the studies that have happened. And so it's kind of this bad mix. And so just being aware of that can really help us focus on, okay, I need to get in more steps. I need to be a more active person. And during the winter months, I just need to be more intentional about it. So why 12,000 steps? So it is interesting because there are a lot of studies reviewing long-term fat loss and they found a correlation here. They found that people who lost weight and maintained the fat loss averaged 12,000 steps. Isn't that interesting? It was 12,107. If we're being very precise, that was the, the average of steps per day. So I think that this goes to show that when people really prioritize healthy movement in the form of change in lifestyle, um, then we are able to maintain fat loss. It, it It's not just about the steps though. These people made a change in their identity. They became an active person. And that's really what these numbers are showing. Another study showed, this is super crazy and awesome. Another study showed that by just increasing steps to 12,000 a day, people were able over 
one year period to lose 7% in body fat. And what's fascinating about this is there was no nutritional intervention, meaning they weren't tracking calories. There was no huge changes in their diet as far as tracking is concerned, at least that's what the the researchers reported. So there was no, you have to eat this and this and this. Now, could they have naturally become an active person? And then I I think sometimes when people start going to the gym, they start becoming an, an active person. They naturally do kind of want to improve energy in as well. They want to be a little bit more mindful But these people were not tracking. They were not trying to get into a calorie deficit. They merely increased their steps to 12,000. And lo and behold, over a year, they were able to see a decrease on average of 7% body fat. That's awesome, guys. That's awesome. So it appears that we have huge benefits from jumping from sedentary to that 8,000 steps. Huge benefits as far as overall health. It appears that jumping from 8,000 to 12,000 shows that we can maintain the fat loss that we got or even get fat loss without crazy amounts of focus on dieting and calorie counting. So for those that have a really hard time tracking macros, tracking calories because they feel like it puts them mentally in an unhealthy place. For those people, what I would do is I would use portion controls and I would use methods where they're just being mindful. And then I would use methods of higher amounts of movement. And that's what's going to help them over time being consistent, seeing those drops in body fat that they want to. Now, the question I always get is, so does cardio count towards my steps? I say yes. I mean, there are coaches out there who are like, no, no, it doesn't. I think that that's silly. I really do. There's There are times when as a coach, I use cardio specifically to bring certain adaptations to the body. But... On top of that, I will allow my client to count it towards steps. I don't see a problem with that at all. I don't want people to obsess and get weird about and make it too complicated either of, well, were those steps, steps or, oh, now I have to take my watch off because I'm about to get on the treadmill. I Guys, let's not look beyond the mark, okay? The main goal is I want to help you change from being a sedentary person to a person who loves movement. Um, I want you to find joy in this movement and to not overthink it and to make this a lifestyle, right? What about things like maybe cycling? You know, that's not going to count towards steps because it's not going to read the steps. Um, But somebody really likes cycling. Well, I, I look at it this way. About a 10-minute walk is about a 1,000 steps. Now, if you want 1,500 steps, then walk a little faster, right? (laughs) So if you're going for a casual bike ride, 
and you're like, well, I'm not going to hit my steps, but I always go for my casual bike ride that, and you really like numbers and you really want to see a certain step count, then sure. At, for every 10 minutes, add a thousand steps to your step count. Or if you're going to be biking a little bit faster then for 10 minutes, it's going to be 1500 steps, right? So that's kind of how I work that through with clients. But movement builds momentum and it makes you want to move more. So so putting a little bit more focus on just and rewriting the script in your mind of, do you know what? I love movement. I am. So a lot of times people will come to me and they're like, I just don't move. I'm. It's just who I am. And I'm like, no, that's the script that you told yourself. And now everything is evidence of that script that you told yourself. That's how the brain works. So if you want to create change, you need to write a new script and then you need to create the evidence of that new script. So instead of telling yourself, and that was actually something that I did for myself, where I wanted to be that person who was getting 10 to 12,000 steps. But at the like for a lot of years, I was getting seven to eight. And that was good. That's not bad. But I had a goal of, I want to be a more active person. And I actually want to eat more too, because that's a few, that's like a couple hundred extra calories too. And I want to my focus to be on more, not less. So I want to eat more. I don't want to always be in a restrictive mindset with food. And this is going to allow me to. But I also just want to be a more active person because this is something that I want to demonstrate to my children. And I want to show them that we are active people. But to be honest, the Parkers weren't. We, we were rather sedentary. And so I had to rewrite a script and tell myself, no, 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 I love movement. And you will now often hear me quote that script that I rewrote in my brain years ago. No, I love movement. I love my body. I love being active. And then I started looking for evidences of that. So when I went to the park with my kids and I'd want to sit there, no, 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 no. That's not the person I am though. That's the person I was, but the person I am now, I love movement. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk around the park as my kids play because that's the person I am. I love movement. And like I said, movement really does build momentum and makes you want to move more. I often tell this to my, my clients that are pregnant because man, pregnancy, you do not want to move, right? But if you can just get to the gym and move a little, it's amazing how it gives you way more energy and then makes you want to move a little bit more. It really does build momentum. So I'm a huge fan now of waking up and the first thing I do is movement. Whether that's waking up and lifting weights, or there are times when my schedule has to change and I don't lift until 11, 12 o'clock. Um, and so I wake up and move. And it's not just for steps or movement. It, it, it really does help me 
bring clarity to my mind. And I swear, just waking up and moving, whether it's hopping on the elliptical and doing like a quick 10, 15 minute, or even a slower kind of movement on the elliptical, it is incredible how I just take that 10, 15 minutes, get clarity of my mind and really plan out my day. And I envision my day. I use it to envision, this is what I want to create today. This is the attitude I want to bring. I will use it also for my scripture study or prayer and meditation time with God. I use it as a as a time of just waking up and getting my mind where it needs to be too. So it's not just about steps. But I do love that waking up first thing in the morning and 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. And I don't even change into my workout clothes. I will be in my slippers and just wake up, immediately move to the elliptical. Because when you start telling yourself, well, I've got to wake up and I've got to put on my clothes and that it's and then I can walk or then I can do my treadmill or then you saying I need to put on my workout clothes, it, it actually adds a bit of friction to the activity that you want to do. Whether you believe that or not, it does add a tiny bit of friction. And believe it or not, that friction is enough to stop people. So I tell people all the time as we're working through and trying to create habits around more movement, wake up 15 minutes before you normally do. You can do that. And go downstairs and use... I mean, walking pads are very popular right now. Um, I understand though, if it doesn't fit in somebody's price range, because they're usually around 250, 300. It is amazing how many people buy those and put them on the classifieds because they just don't use them. Only, not because they're not good, but it's just, they, they were really excited about the new year and then they never got into the habit of using them. So now come February March, they're selling them. So get on classifieds, guys. Get a simple walking pad and wake up 15 minutes earlier than you usually do. Wake up, get on that walking pad, listen to a good podcast, listen to your scriptures, uh, clear your mind, prepare your mind for the day. It is sacred time to me now. I love it. So the I, I do want to give you guys some suggestions as to beyond just that walking pad, how to incorporate more activity and steps into your life. And, and I'm actually, I'm getting this from the recent uh, challenge, steps challenge I did on my Facebook group for my app users because I got some really great ideas from them and I loved how they implemented this. So I didn't tell them, look, if you're getting 5,000, you need to get 12,000 now. I didn't give them something crazy like that. I said, I want you to increase your steps by a thousand. Wherever you're at today is okay, but let's just make it a little bit better. So you don't have to have this weird mindset of, well, I'm only getting 4,000 and the thought of getting 10 or even eight is so overwhelming to me. Oh yeah, I get that. And I agree with you. 
it's, it would be too much. You may be able to do it for a few days and then you would crash and burn. So remember, we need to ask ourselves, how can I fit fitness into my life? Not how do I fit my life into fitness? There's a lot of people trying to fit their lives into fitness and that's a huge red flag. There, there gets a point of diminishing returns where fitness will actually, if you're trying to fit your life into fitness, you're going to crash and burn and it is, it's just unsustainable and you'll find that you, fitness isn't making your life better it's making it worse and it's adding an unsustainable burden that you just can't carry. So instead of saying, well, I'm at 5,000, I better get to eight, but that's that thought can be just overwhelming. So why don't we just over the next two to three weeks work on going from 5,000 to six? Why don't we just do that? Why don't we choose a goal that's attainable. And then once you create a lifestyle where 6,000 is just the norm, then let's create another habit to bring in another thousand. Something small and sustainable. That's the key, small and sustainable. And then you build on that. The reason why most people crash and burn with fitness and with nutrition and with movement, everything that's kind of under the umbrella of health and fitness is because they, they're like, well, I'm just going to go big or go home. It's all or nothing. And so they end up doing nothing majority of the time. Why don't we make it all or something? <laughs> I don't, why don't we make that the new saying, all or something? I'll do my something. And my something right now may just be moving from 5,000 steps to 6,000 steps, okay? I, I want to just have it be this small and sustainable so that we don't feel so overwhelmed and that it's not taking over our lives. Now, this is going to look completely different for everybody. I gave some suggestions one time for incorporating some steps into work. And I had a woman write me and she was very angry at me. She's like, if I followed your advice, I would get fired. And I was like, well, okay. Like these are suggestions. These are not like laws, Lindsay laws you have to do. These are suggestions and it is going to look different for everybody. And we do need to kind of take some responsibility in how we take in information, right? So this may not be, some of these ideas may be really bad for you. And some of them may be like, oh, that's it. That's the missing, the missing idea. That's what I'm going to do. So like I said, we're going to start with small successes of like just adding a thousand, just adding a thousand and making it very sustainable and just part of your life. And then you build on those little successes. Um, I talked about the walking pads. They're so easy. I love the idea of uh, first thing in the morning, you don't need to change your clothes. You don't need to put on your running shoes. You can just get on the walking pad in your slippers and walk. It, it doesn't have to be a big ordeal. And you can get in 10 minutes, you can get another thousand steps. 
in 15 minutes, you can get 1500 steps. And I love like that tiny little, do you know what? That's all it took is another, is a 10 minutes in the morning and you already hit your 1000 steps. And that's just what you do in the morning. That's who you are. Remember it's that, it's that new story you tell yourself about who you are. I'm a person who I get up 10 minutes before the rest of the family and I go down on my uh, walking pad and I walk and I plan out my day. And if you want to, and I always tell people, start out with 10 minutes because guess what? It never ends at 10 minutes. It usually ends at 15, 20. And it's like, oh wait, but now I'm into this podcast and it's really good. And I've, I want to finish it. And all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, you have 3000 steps and you enjoyed that time. And you got to also uh, prepare for your day and hear a podcast episode that you really enjoyed. And it's kind of a great uplifting way to begin your day. But it started out with you saying 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. I, I had a client recently check in with me and she's like, that was so tricky of you to tell me 10 minutes because it's never 10 minutes. I'm always like, oh, this is a really good episode or, oh, this is a really good show or this is a really good podcast. And she's like, and it's always 30 minutes. It always ends up being 30 minutes. But if we can just say minimum 10 and leave it at that and come what may after, that is so attainable. And if you, with those 10 minutes, you want to, instead of getting a thousand steps, you want to get 1500 steps, then just walk a little faster. Easy enough, right? We have just given you another thousand steps. So these are now some suggestions that other people uh, said that they used from the uh, competition that I did or challenge I did on the Facebook group. So somebody said, I dropped the kids off at their sports And then instead of sitting in the car and scrolling through social media, I walk. I go up and down the stairs or I walk around the park or the track or the hallways of the building and I just walk. Ooh, I loved this from Stacy. Stacy, this was so good. She said, I asked my boss if I could get a wireless headset at work so I could walk and talk to clients. I explained to him that I had a goal to start moving more throughout the day. He was totally on board with the idea and was happy to help me on my journey to be fit and active instead of so sedentary at work. You know, for a boss, if you're a boss, if you're a manager, people's moods will go up if they move more. You want a happy office, get people moving more. I loved that Stacy reached out to her boss and said, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. How at work can I do it? Uh, one woman said, I loved this so much. One woman said her house has never been so spotless. She sets a timer for 15 minutes, two times a day, and she cleans. She was able to add 2,000 steps a day just by cleaning for 10 minutes and moving around her house more. I loved that. Do you know what's so funny? So that person, I think, reported that like two weeks ago. I started doing that because I noticed uh, me and my husband have changed um, some uh, our training time so that we could train together. And so it means that I haven't been able to get my walk that I usually do, my 15, 20-minute walk, 
post-workout where I listen to like a good podcast or I work on some like new certification or something and I'll do it during my walk. But I haven't been able to because of that. But I've also enjoyed being at the gym with my husband. And so in order to make up for that, I have now been setting the timer for 15 minutes, two times a day. And it's allowed me to hit my 10,000 steps. Because right now during winter, I usually hit it around 10. 12,000 is on a really good, but really active day. During the summer, it's always like anywhere between 12 to 17,000. I mean, some days I am super active out running around with the kids. I get to eat a lot more during the summer, which is perfect for me. I loved that she said that. That was just a simple way for her to keep her house clean and then also get her steps in. One app user talked about using her laundry. She said she actually, she usually would fold everything up and then bring them around the house in huge, large piles. But she decided she would fold a couple shirts and then go put them away, then go back, fold a couple more, put them away. And she'd listen to podcasts where while she did it. So she was able to take a lot longer, but got a lot more steps as she walked around her house. Another said that she used talking time on the phone as walking time. So she would talk to family members and reconnect with them as she would walk around the house or get on her walking pad. She said she loved that she could connect with her people and stay active at the same time. Uh, This one was from another uh, app user. But when I was actually in Colorado last week for a practical with N1, Uh, It was a program design, just furthering my education with program design. Coach Kassam, Kassam Hansen, actually suggested this as well. He said, and this woman said that they walk around the gym between sets. So now keep in mind, I don't want you to be doing jumping jacks and running and preventing full recovery in between sets, but she would just get up and walk. So there are times during my training programs where you guys have 60 seconds to sometimes up to three minutes of rest period. And so using that time period to really walk around, she was able to up her steps another thousand just in um, with those training days. Um, Somebody else said that they challenged family members or husbands to step competitions. And apparently they're really competitive so that they ended up overshooting um, steps. So another thing too is, man, like you don't realize how much Amazon Prime and grocery delivery has changed our overall movement until you decide to, you know, I'm not going to use Prime. I'm going to go to the store and pick up stuff. I'm not going to have my groceries delivered. I'm going to go and do my shopping. And all of a sudden I noticed that on average that was bumping up my personal, because I started doing that that bumped up mine and gave me another thousand for the week. So another tactic, and we'll end on this note, another tactic that I've done with clients is I've had clients who work during the week and they're like, during the week, they could only get like six to 8,000 steps during Monday through Thursday. But Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we then increased the steps. We would have them do walks. They were also very, very active with their families. So on those days, they were hitting 12, 13,000 steps. And then for the week, the weekly average was averaging out to around 10,000. 
And so there are days that you can do that as well. So if you're training four times a week and you're adding, you know, steps in between your sets, um, you can increase your steps without having to do post uh, walks. Or if you're training four times a week, do a 10 to 15 minute post walk. And then on days that you're not training, uh, you can do a 30 minute uh, speed walk or just make sure you're getting out and about. And maybe you'll have high days and low days and that's fine. We're looking at the overall average of the week. And so that's helped out a ton of my clients because they're like, oh yeah, I can do that. On Fridays and Saturdays, I'm I'm out and about. I'm really active. Or Sundays, I'm out with my family. We're, we're, we want to get out and do more things. I can easily move around more, especially if you're not you know, lifting that day. You can still have your active hour where you're getting, you know, four, five, six thousand steps, depending on what you're doing during that time. So just knowing that we're looking at the average of the week and not getting obsessive about the day, and you're like, oh yeah, I have high days, I have low days, and then doing slight manipulations to those days so that you get the average that you want. Now, I really like habit stacking. I've talked about this a million times with James Clear. It's it's a tactic that he uses in his Atomic Habits book. If you haven't read that book, that is a must for everybody. And I really like how he says habit stacking. So with some clients, the habit stacking I've done is first thing in the morning, everybody has the habit of waking up, right? And if that habit gets broken one day, I guess the steps don't really matter then, do they? (laughs) So everybody has the habit of waking up. So why not do a 10-minute walk immediately when you wake up, just like I talked about earlier? And then um, I'll do like a 10, 15-minute post-lunch walk. So especially those who are working in an office and they're sedentary. Well, this works for anybody, but those that are just like sitting at an office desk all day, I get it. When I have a ton of work to do and I'm at my desk for most of the day, it is really hard to get in my steps. And so I have to do habit stacking. So first thing in the morning, I'll do like a 10 minute walk post, like at all after my lunch, I'll do another just 10 minute walk, or I'll set the timer for that's my cleaning, my 10 to 15 minute cleaning, where I get easily another 1,000, 1,500 steps. So habit stacking with something that you already do can be really, really important. And if you have a tight work schedule and when you get home, you don't want to have to worry about more steps you want to spend time with your family and be present, then I really think a a great idea for you would be first thing in the morning, get your steps in. And then right after your uh, lunch, get another 10 minute walk in. I've had people bring uh, tennis shoes to work so that right after they eat, they can go up and down the stairs or they'll walk out to their car and back a few times to just give them more activity and movement. The more that we implement these things, especially with habit stacking, the more it just becomes habitual and a lifestyle. And you're not always looking for ways of how can I shove in more steps here, there, there, but habit stacking just kind of makes it a little bit more fluid and habitual. And that's what I really, really like about that. 
So just recapping guys, when we increase our movement by 25%, I just, I really love the fact that we can get an increased result in exercise, improvement in sleep, decreased body fat, increased cardiovascular levels, lower blood pressure, eat more. How could I have forgotten about that one? Well, I mentioned it a little bit throughout this, but the more you move, the more you can eat. So sometimes when I set up a uh, fat loss phase, especially for somebody who's a very little person, they're already you know 120 pounds. They don't have very much muscle. They're a very little person. Their calorie count, especially if they're not moving very much, they're only moving four or 5,000 steps a day. Their calories can go really low, like 1,200 calories easily. So how do I get them eating more so that they can sustain the fat loss and be consistent? I have them move more. And it doesn't always have to be in the form of cardio. It can just be any movement that they're going to be consistent with. So that's how we can get them eating more even in a fat loss phase. We have to raise the overall movement for the day. So hopefully that this has helped you out. This was, I was thinking would be like a 15 minute conversation and in total Lindsay fashion, it's now been 50 minutes, but I love discussing this. Well, let me, let me end with this one story. I had a woman come to me and she was so perplexed why and she was a hardcore tracker always tracked i think it was around 2000 calories hardcore she was so perplexed why between like fall and now moving into winter her weight was steadily increasing and she's like this isn't muscle like this i'm feeling it i'm squishier and we deep dove i was like ah, like blood work like we're deep diving and finally i was like whoa whoa wait I didn't ask you about your steps. When you were maintaining at 2000 calories, what was your step average step count? She looked it up and she's like, oh, 12,000. Like, what is your average now? 6,000. Okay. And there's the problem. And there is why your weight is slowly increasing. It is not because you, your hormones are decreasing it's not because all of these complex paths, we, I was just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe we'll go down this path. This path is, it's because you're not moving as much. So your maintenance has decreased because you're not moving as much. Your body doesn't need as much energy. So you have two options, either move more so you can eat more or lower your maintenance calories. And she, like any wise woman, was like, well, I want more food. Psh, I get that. I mean, it is, guys, it is Easter time, which means the best candy out of the entire year. Are we all on the same page with that one? It is not Halloween. It is not Christmas that has the best candy of the year. It is Easter. Easter is approaching, guys. So like any wise woman, she's like, well, I want to eat more. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're not crazy of course you want to eat more. Then that means you have to move now like you were moving then. And so we deep dove and got a really good plan of how it could fit into her life, not how her whole life needed to change for it, but how it could easily fit into her life. So hopefully this helps you guys get a really good idea 
of ideas of how to get more movement in, why it's so important and how it can benefit you in so many different ways. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can also go to liftinglindsay.com to sign up for optimized training programs. Let me do the, the training thinking for you. Just show up at the gym, have your programs there. You just work hard, see results, love it. That's all you have to worry about. Let that. Let me nerd out about what type of programming is best for you. Also, I'm starting a newsletter. So go to liftinglindsay.com or a link in the notes to get your weekly newsletter and not miss out on any cool fitness and health facts. You guys have a wonderful week. 